Welcome to another episode of the Grove Podcast. Today we have Krista Phipps, and I am super excited that Krista, you are here today. <clears throat> I've had a lot of people ask me, "When you're going to have a woman on the show? Or when you're going to have someone who's going to give us some good stuff to talk about or think through or whatever?" And not oh, that the, not that the other pastors have not given us good stuff, uh-huh. but I'm super excited about you being here today, and I'm super nervous. Um, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But okay. Krista, I'm so glad you're here. Okay, well, I'm glad to be here. Thank yeah. you. So give me some uh, give me some information on yourself. Tell us uh, who you are, where you've been, what what you do. Okay, well, um, I'm Krista, and I, um, I mean, what do you want to know? Well, <laughs> I'm like, kind of boring. You, no, you're not I'm boring, boring at all. I, I am you, really. I'm kind you're of You're no boring. stranger to Hickory Grove. Yeah, we. I have been at Hickory <coughs> Grove for... Um, 27 years. My okay. husband is a pastor here, mm-hmm. um, Matthew Phipps. Matthew. Matthew. We had him on the show before. Yes, you yeah. did. Yeah. Yes, you did. He did a great uh, job. Yeah, he did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed. <laughs> and um, so um, I've been married to him for um, 27 years. Okay. And um, we have um, two wonderful children, mm-hmm. um, Abigail and Maggie. They're both um, college age. And... Um, you know, one is in Virginia, Abigail's in Virginia, mm-hmm. and then um, Maggie is at UNCC um, pursuing a, a bachelor's in social work. Okay. Oh, wow, so, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, she is. Yes, and she is, which is what I got, <coughs> a bachelor's in social work. Okay. I did yes. not know that either. Yes, I did. Now, you have a whole lot more um, initials a and a degrees bit. and stuff like that. You want to walk through some of that I can. real quick? Yeah. I can. So, um, I I did get my master's in counseling at UNCC, actually, okay. and um, I've been a counselor since 1997. I was about 12 when I started. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so, um, it, yes, in 1997. So I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I am I, – actually, our license name just changed. We used to okay. be called Licensed Professional Counselor. I mean, it, like, just changed. Mm-hmm. We are now Licensed Clinical Mental Health Counselors. I know that's fancy. So more initials. Yeah, lots of initials. So yes, and I have a supervise a supervision license, so okay. I can teach other people how to do that. Okay. So I also have my PhD. So people call me Doctor. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. It, oh, I didn't call you Doctor from the start. That's okay. You, uh, no. But yeah, okay. Yeah. That's okay. This is part you of don't the, have to. this is part of the super nervous. You part. don't. You don't have to call me Doctor. I'm going to try to speak as little as possible because <laughs> I feel like everything that's I say awesome. you're you're thinking through. Yeah. No, I'm not yeah, really. Okay. I'm not. Um, so um, yes, I have my PhD um, in in counseling. It's actually counseling education and supervision. Okay. It allows me to teach at UNCC, so I'm an adjunct professor there as well. Okay. And. Okay. Um, then I have other initials, like I'm a nationally certified counselor, and then I'm a registered play therapist supervisor. So play therapist? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I have no idea what that means. Yes, I do play therapy like, with children. What is? Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so I work with children as young as like two and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fun. That's cool. We have a good time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. Well, it sounds like a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. you do, and yeah, it sounds like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. but. Let's, uh, you know, before we get too far into okay. that, let's talk about, you're, you're a runner. I do, I run. Yeah, so, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. You run a lot. I, I do run Like a, a crazy amount. Well, I don't know. Used yeah. to, I used to run a crazy amount. Okay. I run a less crazy amount now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about what you just recently did. Oh. I saw all the pictures on 
social media, you uh-huh. were down in Disney, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you did something. D- did Matt do this with you? He he started training for it, but then he broke his foot. That's right. I remember and that. So he did do the 5K and the 10K. Okay. So walk us through some of that. Okay. So we did um, the Dopey Challenge. Okay. I did it with my sister, Hope. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it is four races over four days, which everybody's been saying, oh, I bet that was easier. But no, that's not true. Uh, right. Uh, because, I mean, you don't have any time to recover, really, right. and all the soreness that's right. in. Right. So um, th- it was a 5K, a 10K, um, a half marathon, and then a full marathon. That is insane. So it's like 48 point something miles. But you could run that all at once just for fun, right? I think it would be easier to run it all at once. I remember... We ran one time, you know, we used to get up early and mm-hmm. go to um, Charlotte and run mm-hmm. through the campus and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, every now and then, you know, you would come out there and run, and you'd mm-hmm. kind of go flying by us and stuff. It was pretty embarrassing. I remember I tried to stay with you one time, and it was just like, it's just not happening. You're you're a pretty accomplished runner. Now, you've, you've ran in Boston, is that mm-hmm. right? I did the Boston. I qualified um, here in Charlotte. Okay. Um, and then I ran... The Boston Marathon, yes. That's a big deal. Yeah, right? yeah, that, that's like the mecca of running. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, isn't there like some sort of um, like don't you want to do like New York and Chicago and like Tokyo or Berlin or something like that? No, Is there like all that not, kind of stuff? Not really. I wanted to do Boston because you have to qualify for Boston. Okay. So, um, so you I, just pay pay money for the other ones. Is yeah. That right? okay. Well, and like New York is a lottery. Like. Okay. You, you have to enter and then you you get picked. Okay. I don't. I'm not that familiar with how Chicago does it. Okay. So, but, okay. but yeah. Well, good. Well, you. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a lot of running that you do, and it's insane. But I think when we get into kind of more of what you do at Hickory Grove, I think um, that running may be some sort of a stress relief yeah, or self-care. something. Yeah, self care. Self care. Yes, go. absolutely. So let's jump into that. Let's talk about your current role at Hickory Grove. Okay, okay. So here at Hickory Grove, I am the clinical supervisor. Okay. It sounds really fancy, it doesn't sounds it? sounds extra fancy. Yeah, it just means all the responsibility lies yeah, on me. Right, Yeah, that's, right. All it, that's all it means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The clinical supervisor um, at the counseling center. Okay. So um, we have several counselors there and several interns, and I run it. Okay. So they, um, they all work. I'm not their boss, but they work sort of under me. Okay. So. Yeah. And then um, I do see clients. I have a full caseload as well. Okay. So. So when you when you say counseling, now obviously there's a lot of things that you can't share, and I'm totally fine with that. But um, share with us if if you can, like what kind of counseling you guys are doing or um you know who who it's for okay Uh, is this for anyone just off the street or is it Mm -hmm. for i mean can church members Mm -hmm. be a part of this like Mm -hmm. give me all of that okay okay it's it's really for anyone and any dirt on some pastors if there's (laughs) There's if anyone's coming down there during this time to talk okay (laughs) not pastor but any other pastor (laughs) no dirt all right. What stay, What happens at the counseling center there stays you go. at the good, counseling good. center. Good, good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. absolutely. Good. Absolutely. So, um, so what kind of counseling do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, we can see we can see anyone. So we do see church members. There are a lot of church members that, that come, but we also see anyone um, you know anyone that needs counseling. Sure. So, and that's our interns too. Our interns are free of charge. Okay. Um, so our interns, um, you all you have to do you have to call the counseling center and um, either I will or one of the other counselors will return your call mm-hmm. um, and then um, 
we'll set you up with somebody and you know you can get counseling services now for the professional counselors uh, you you do have to pay there is a okay. a charge for mm-hmm. that so um, because we are not paid by the church okay so we we are contracted by the church but okay we are not paid by the okay. church now when you say intern like when typically when I think of an intern I think of like someone who's trying to kind of get in and mm-hmm. learn a couple things okay. typically very young uh-huh. when you say intern it's just a little so di- it's a little right, different just so yeah. we can get some of that yeah. um you know some of that terminology right yes all of our interns are pursuing their master's degree okay. in counseling okay uh, and um they are required to do 750 hours of clinical practice that's a lot over three semesters so it's a, almost a year wow it what well, is about a year yeah and so they come in and I require them to stay all three semesters for the most part. There's sometimes that doesn't happen, but for the most part, they stay all three semesters. Um, They are assigned clients. They see clients. Um, So it is for a class. So they're getting supervision. And what that means, they come and sit with me. We look, I look at all their, their clients Mm -hmm. that they're seeing. I watch um, videos of them doing counseling Mm -hmm. and teach them how to do the art of counseling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they also have that at school too. Okay. So they have a supervisor at school that is also doing the same thing that I'm doing. I'm I'm a little bit more hands-on because I'm with them every day. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And they're they're free of charge. I tell people there it's a great deal mm-hmm. because you're getting two people for the price of none. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so let's jump into um, counseling. Let's talk about um, let's talk about just mental health. Okay. All of that, like, tell me everything. Educate me on all of it, because there's so many, um, so many things nowadays that people struggle with or mm-hmm. deal with, mm-hmm. and there's there's like, you know, typically when you think about counseling or any sort of therapy, you, you it has like a negative, like, stigma with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, what we want to do is a church and as pastors and leaders here, we want to say, hey, you know, like people people need help mm-hmm. and you know, there's help available. Yes. And so here's some things we can talk through or talk about or whatever. I want you to just educate all of us on every on everything. Okay. So I'm going to stop talking and let you talk and you just tell us what you need to tell us. Okay. <clears throat> I'll start with what counseling is there we and go. is Good. not. Good. Good. So because a lot of people don't um, understand that. And who needs counseling? Right. So I think everyone needs counseling. That's fair. I, I really do. I think it's a wonderful time for you to come. Um, it's a it's a fifty minute session. You sit down and for fifty minutes you um, it, really honestly it's all about you. Okay, but is it like from the movies or TV shows? Do I come in and lay on a couch and you sit there with a notepad and, and you just ask me about when I was a kid and I just tell you everything and you write stuff down? Um, is, if you want to, I have a couch. Yeah. If you want to lay on it, you can. It's really yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Um, most people don't lay down. Okay, because that's you know that kind of is what uh-huh. you know some some cultural things uh-huh. you know when you think about. Well, that's how Freud did it. Okay. Yeah. So Freud, uh, with psychoanalytic, he he sat down and you just just started just free association. Okay. I mean, just just talking, and he just wrote 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 wrote. So I don't know if how much he actually really did. Is he just doodling on that page? I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never seen his notes. Right. Recipe so. stuff. <laughs> so, Is that what you do? Just so, I don't have I don't have something okay, in front of me. I don't. I'm glad you don't have anything here now because I was really nervous about. You know, all, why did he say this? Yeah, you know, it's all in my mind. Gerald's got issues. Yeah, no. I know. 
I already know this. <laughs> so, so, um, so it's it's really for anyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone struggles with something, yeah. and I think the problem is um, we don't realize that, mm-hmm. or we don't want to admit it. Maybe we realize it. Like we all realize we struggle with something, mm-hmm. um, but we think if you go to counseling, then you must struggle more. Right. But that's us comparing maybe our insides to other people's outsides. So, because we do a lot of comparing. Yeah. You know, we know how we feel, but everyone yeah. else looks like they have it all together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and that's just not true. Mm-hmm. No, nobody has it all together. And if they say they do, then there's probably a bigger issue. Right. So, so I think that's the first thing, um, you know, that is really important to understand mm-hmm. you know, with people um, coming to counseling. Um, the, really, the first step is admitting that you do need to just have someone help help you on this journey. Mm-hmm. I look at counseling as a journey. Um, I'm not, you know, when you walk into the room, I'm the expert on the skills, uh, but you're the expert on you. Mm-hmm. So okay. um, so it's a journey. We, we will walk through it. I, I know what it looks like because I've been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we start, <laughs> I, I know what the whole entire, I compare it to like a, a forest. I know what the whole entire forest looks like, and I know the path to get out of the forest, mm-hmm. but we need to look at every tree, whatever Goodness. that looks like. Okay. So not getting ahead of somebody, just mm-hmm. kind of sitting there with somebody and journeying with them. It's yeah. really a humbling experience mm-hmm. for me. So to be able to sit there with someone and walk through pain and you know what happened maybe in their childhood, but mm-hmm. maybe just right now. Yeah, you know, my, my wife did some work with um, kids in like therapeutic foster care and mm-hmm. so she has a degree in social work as well oh cool yeah and so <clears throat> she used to always tell me that like some things that um people would struggle with when they're you know a certain age is it some of it can tie back to when they were a child mm-hmm. and those things kind of come out at a certain time mm-hmm. and i always thought that was weird i just always thought it was strange and i was like that, that doesn't make any sense i can you explain know? it no you know Okay, explain it. <laughs> well, our past experiences dictate our present behaviors. Okay. So um, what happens is every experience changes your brain structure. And so it, a good experience is bad experiences. It changes the brain structure. Trauma, like something really, really bad mm-hmm. happening to you, can actually change you to the genetic level. So, wow. Yes. And trauma is also passed down um, through, through time. You know how the Bible says the sins of the father? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, while it may or may not be talking about that, that has been proven to be true okay. because the, the trauma of the parents, the grandparents, the, you know, even, even way back, 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 it, it is passed down because it changes you to the genetic level. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it changes your genetic structure. Wow. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, I, so feel th- like, <laughs> I feel like you need to look into the camera and not at me because I, I, I feel like you're – there's some things I just need to say or whatever. I'm gonna be crying here before long. So, okay, so why is there such like this, well, you, you spoke to it earlier about that stigma that's that's attached to it, but why do you think people are, are afraid to get counseling or, well, and, and does that play into even more, like if, if you struggle with anxiety mm-hmm. and you need some help, mm-hmm. but then you, you don't wanna go, mm-hmm. And then you get more anxious about it, and it's like this vicious cycle or whatever. I mean, is that, do you see a lot of that? Or I do, that, okay. I do. So um, I, I think people think that counseling are for people who are crazy. Okay. 
and that's not true. Right. Not anyone. I mean, no, that's not good grammar. No one I see. I knew what you meant. <laughs> not not anyone. Not anyone. Not no not one. Not no one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no one that I see um, is crazy. Okay. Not one person. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have struggles. Sure. Um, that they're dealing with, um, and some of it does stem back from the past. But people do think that it, it's because they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. We put a stigma on it because we don't understand. Like example, right. you gave the example of anxiety. We put a stigma on anxiety because we don't under ex, we don't understand that anxiety is actually a biological issue. So, um, as anxiety, depression, bipolar, you know, all of that, it stems from the the chemicals in our brain, mm-hmm. like serotonin, dopamine. Um, you know, all of that. It, it's a it's a lack of that. Okay. So stress um, eats up all of that. Like for example, we talked about me running a marathon. Mm -hmm. After I run a marathon, uh, my serotonin is depleted. So for about two weeks, I feel a little bit blue. Okay. So so it's a biological issue. Okay. Um, Same with anxiety. Also, um, you know, anxiety has different forms. Uh, It can be because of a situation in your life. It it can be because of trauma that happened in the past Mm -hmm. that has not been resolved and is just wreaking havoc in your brain. It's stored in that limbic system, which is the feeling system where you feel, where you experience trauma. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very unconscious thing that happens. So sometimes people, they tell me, I wake up in the morning, I feel anxious, and I don't know why. It's not because there's something going on necessarily. It's just because they feel anxious, and usually it's because of something that has happened in the past that has taught them a negative belief about themselves. Wow. Well, let's talk about depression. Did that a make bit. sense? It, it um, you know, sort of, yes, but, and I'm thinking back when I was a little kid, what happened? <laughs> Because, I mean, I, I get Everybody anxious. has stuff that happens. I get anxious. Everybody has negative cognitions that they have about themselves. Sure. Everyone does. If someone says they don't, <clears throat> then they are not telling you the truth. You know, there are times when I when I get up on the stage to lead in worship. I mean, you know, I'm standing in front of a thousand people. Mm, that makes sometimes sense. Sometimes more. Uh-huh. And I get the big butterflies in my stomach. Uh-huh. And, and then um, I have this weird thing that I do. Like, when I get nervous, I... I just cough mm-hmm. uncontrollably, mm-hmm. and I can be completely fine. Thirty minutes, hour before, whatever. I walk onto the stage, I get my guitar, plug it up, do all the stuff I need to to get ready, and I just start coughing. Mm-hmm. And then when everything's done, I walk off the stage. I mean, I I remember there are times where I'll get so anxious, my heart is pounding, and I feel like it's in my throat. And then when everything's done, I feel like I could lay down and sleep for about, I don't know, a, a full day. Yeah, because it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah it, yeah, it is exhausting. Well, what's happening is um, <clears throat> our brain protects itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you start feeling anxious. I mean, because getting in front of people, that's actually the number one fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, over death. Wow. So, see, you're basically normal. I'm, I'm normal. Yeah, you're basically normal. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? I, I am normal. He's normal. Basically. Basically. Basically normal. <laughs> so, and um, so, yeah, it's the number one fear. Um, but what happens is our body doesn't know the difference between the anxiety of being chased by a bear. Okay. Would that, be, that would make you really nervous. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or the anxiety of getting up on stage. It will react the exact same way. Okay. Um, if it's high anxiety, it will go into that fight, 
flight or freeze response. Okay. If you go into freeze response, that's really, really, I mean, it's just you feel like you have no, nothing else to do and the body just shuts down. Like you've heard of people like fainting because they were so anxious. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's the body just shutting down. Wow, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. But what's happening is that limbic system, especially the amygdala, uh, it is starting to say, warning, warning, warning. And so it's saying, oh, wait. Is that connected to the medulla oblongata? <laughs> Look at you. Is it really? It's, well, it's all part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, so the amygdala, it's part of the limbic system, and it starts um, giving messages that, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute, there's something wrong here, there's something mm-hmm. wrong here, whether there's something wrong or not. Uh, and um, then it sends signals to the body through the vagus nerve, which touches every organ in the body, okay. including the larynx. Mm-hmm. And um, so it triggers that cough response. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because, I mean, it's more annoying than anything mm-hmm. else. Because yeah. I'm fine and uh-huh. I cough. People are like, oh, uh-huh. you're all sick today. And I'm like, no, I'm uh-huh. not sick. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's, what, that's what's happening. That amygdala is sending signals. It's um, your, your automatic nervous system, autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it the automatic <laughs> autonomic <Sorry>. nervous <laughs> system. It, it, it just starts saying, okay, there's something going on mm-hmm. here. And um, the heart rate goes up. Um, it, it's prote- it, it is protecting you. It's preparing you to either run from the bear mm-hmm. or to fight the bear. Okay, so now that I know what what's going on, mm-hmm. how do I, Thank you for how do I fix that? I, I, well, and I can, <laughs> how much is this podcast going gonna to cost me today? <laughs> you take insurance. I'll send you a bill. <laughs> send me a bill. I'll send send you, me a bill. I'm teasing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so one way to fix it, and you know, I tell people this, and they're like, yeah, whatever. You know, but really breathing is very, mm-hmm. very important. Sure. And the reason the deep um, breathing, where it's like in through your nose, out through your mm. mouth, in through your nose, and just really being mindful um, while you breathe, um, it, the reason it's important is because it calms down that nervous system. Mm-hmm. So it kicks in the parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. So when you breathe out, um, you know, when it, after you exercise and they tell you to deep breathe, mm-hmm. they tell you to like breathe out really, really hard. It's because that's calming down the heart. It's calming okay. down the breathing. It's it's telling your body everything's okay. Now my my Apple Watch tells me to breathe, you know. So yeah. every couple times a day, yeah, tells me to breathe. Uh-huh. And so then I'll hit the my start button. Yours does, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So I'll hit start, mm-hmm. and then I find myself getting more anxious because as it gives you that little that haptic feel, uh-huh. I want to to inhale for the duration of that. Oh, or I feel like I'm not doing oh, it right. Yes, yes, yeah. So, and then I feel like when I'm done, I'm more anxious because I didn't do it exactly like I feel like I should have done it. So, oh, you see, so uh, even breathing is stressful for well, me. Well, don't use the watch. No, but then I, I have no reminder throughout the day well, that I need to breathe. That, that's true. Just let it remind you. Dismiss it because mm-hmm. you can hit dismiss. Yeah. And then pretend how I tell kids to do it. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Is we we actually we sometimes we make hot chocolate, mm-hmm. um, and so we take it into the room, and then I'm like, okay, smell the hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. So you know when you smell you, mm-hmm. so you're taking a really deep breath. Yeah. Hot chocolate smells really good, mm-hmm. and then when you, um, but the hot chocolate's too hot to drink, mm-hmm. so you got to blow the hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, so you blow it, and you blow it um, for a little bit longer. Yeah. So which is probably it has you blowing the hot chocolate too long you're maybe. right right because i've done it on my watch before mm-hmm. and i can't keep like it's, it's too time. slow it is too slow yeah. and yeah. you'll get used to it and you'll be able to do it after a while but at first it's really hard yeah 
All right, so stress, anxiety, I need to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, what else What else do I need to do? <laughs> what else do you need to do? What else do I need to do? Or what, what? else would one person need to do? Okay, to well, what I ask people mm-hmm. in, um, in counseling when they say they have, you know, something that happens, um, you know, we start exploring what the negative cognition or the negative belief is. You know, so what is at the core of it? Um, because we could talk about the issue all day long, but what is right, what's underneath it? And so what is the negative belief that's driving the mm-hmm. fear? What is the negative belief that, you know, is continuing to make um, make you feel anxious mm-hmm. because it's not usually it's not the situation um, I don't allow people to say that made me feel anxious because okay. I feel like that takes away power um, okay. it, it's the negative thought process that is mm-hmm. driving the anxiousness not the circumstance mm-hmm. um, so we look at what the negative cognition is so some negative cognitions are like I am a failure they're usually like, I am blank I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, Uh, you know, things like that. Um, I can never change, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I, you know, what what is the negative cognition that's playing in, you know, in people's head Mm -hmm. that drives the the feelings? Yeah. Yeah. So now, one of the things that make make you different from, I guess, any sort of uh, counseling center or place that you can go to is that, uh, I mean, faith plays a big, big part and well first of all who you are i mm-hmm. mean your relationship to the lord mm-hmm. you're I, I would i would consider you a very gospel centric person and family mm-hmm. and so how can we take refuge in in the gospel and what christ has done for us um you know like the you, you said you know the i am statements i am a failure or i am this mm-hmm. how is it one of those things where you replace it with i am a child of god i am um saved i am uh, set apart or different mm-hmm. is that the gospel plays very, very well mm-hmm. into um, into counseling mm-hmm. because um, God, before the foundations of the universe mm-hmm. were laid, has already determined who I am, mm-hmm. you know, who you are, who everyone is. Um, and so through his son, uh, it has, it, it's already made that determination. Mm-hmm. So replacing the I am not good enough mm-hmm. with... Um, you know, I am a child of God right. um, is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Not everyone I see are Christians. Sure. You know, so we have, I, I just, I, I roll with whatever they give me. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, with people who are believers, you know, we do look at the Bible mm-hmm. and we do explore, you know, what is said about you. Mm-hmm. You know, what, you know, you know, how did you, you know, you're dealing with this anxiety instead of looking at it as a sinful thing, because I don't believe that it, like feelings, I don't believe they can be mandated, and I don't believe they're sinful. Okay. I do believe anxiety is a result of sin um, in the world. When Adam sinned, then mm-hmm. everything, cancer, anxiety, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not comparing the two, but it, it is everything bad did come into the world at that point. But anxiety in and, in and of itself is not sinful. Um, but I do believe you can use the gospel to help you fight it mm-hmm. and see it as a refining process mm-hmm. because I do believe that the Lord uses our struggles to refine us. Mm-hmm. So um, I tell people, instead of being consumed with the anxiety, be refined by it okay. and, and pray that way because God might not take it away. And it, he may allow it to stay like a thorn in the flesh, mm-hmm. like with Paul. Right. And so, and we don't know what Paul's saying, what Paul's thorn was. Right. It could have, 
My guess, and I, I, I have nothing to back this mm-hmm. up, is it probably was a mental health issue. I mean, okay. he killed a lot of people. He had to have right. guilt. There's some sort of trauma that's it, there. There has to have yeah. a lot of trauma. Um, it could have been a physical thing, but trauma also manifests itself physically. Okay. So, um, so I have nothing to base that on, but no one knows what it is. So, I mean, my guess is good as anybody else, I mm. guess. That's so, a good guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with yours. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. But but it's a thorn that he begged to be taken from him, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it's a refining process. The Lord yeah. can use it yeah. um, instead of looking at it as sinful, and, I, and I can, I've got to be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Christians in the past have done a, a pretty terrible job. <clears throat> I'll probably even say maybe some pastors growing up, you know, they kind of use these cliches or whatever hey just cast your anxiety cast your mm-hmm. cares upon the lord mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. he, he cares for you and it's mm-hmm. just like okay like when you're dealing with someone who has a lot of care uh-huh. a lot of cares uh-huh. or anxieties or whatever you just hey mm-hmm. just cast it to the lord mm-hmm. man he'll he'll he cares for you he'll mm-hmm. take care of you mm-hmm. well and and that is true it is true i mean there is <clears throat> truth in that but how do you do that how do you do it's that just like, okay, okay I, I don't know what to do with that absolutely how do you do that mm-hmm. and so that's where counseling can come in where yeah. i can help you learn how to do that sure um, one of the things I do is called EMDR, okay. and it helps um, it helps you um, to process past experiences that are wreaking havoc and holding you hostage. Okay. So um, the, our brain was created to be able to process things that happen throughout mm-hmm. the day through our um, our REM sleep, and but sometimes you can't. Okay. And so EMDR um, mimics that, and um, it uses. Um, it uses certain things to mimic REM sleep so that your brain can process it like it mm. like it was supposed to do. Right. So cast your cares upon God, yes, but we you know, let someone take that journey with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And to be able to help you walk through it mm-hmm. because it, it's a hard thing. What about the whole um let go and let God thing. That's not. I, I, is that in the Bible? No, it's certainly not. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely one of those things that you know people uh-huh. say it all the time. Uh-huh. I was just watching a movie just the other day with my family, and one guy was like, "Hey, man, just let go and let God." And uh-huh. it's just like, uh-huh. "What does that even mean?" Well, I, like, that's, yeah. How yeah. Do you, I, what? Uh huh. Uh, yeah. So, but that's sometimes you know, hey, you're you're getting away of God. Like mm-hmm. you know, let go of it. Uh huh. Let him. Sometimes you can't let go of it. Right. I mean, sometimes you, it's not even a conscious, sometimes you don't even know what you need to let go of. Right. I mean, because most people, they come in, they're like, I don't know why I feel mm-hmm. this way. Well, let's look at this. Mm-hmm. And so we, we do start, start start taking little chunks of their lives saying, when's the first time you remember feeling like this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what, what's, what does it say about you? If you, it, you know, if this is true, what does that say about you? Mm-hmm. What does this say about you? And then figuring out what they believe about themselves and helping them change that. Mm-hmm. So, Well, you've given a lot of things to think about. <laughs> a lot of things to think about. A lot of ways to cope and and all that. So, I mean, this has been really this has been really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, my mind is completely blown. I feel like I need to go home and talk to my wife and tell her what happened when I was a little kid about certain things and why I act a certain way. <laughs> because it all, I mean, it all messes with me now. <laughs> Not messes with me, but it, it makes me who I am. Oh, today, everything right? messes so, with us now. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you're no different than anybody else. You're, you're just admitting it to everyone. Y- yeah, well, to, yeah. <laughs> to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everyone feels the same way. We might do a lot of editing on this episode. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> um, so let's transition really quickly. Okay. You're um, you're going to be teaching a an equipped class at the Mallard Creek campus. Mm-hmm. So you and Matt 
taught last semester here on mm -hmm. marriage. We did. And this semester is just you, mm -hmm. and you're teaching what? It, it's called child-parent relationship training. Okay. So what is that about? Okay, so I I love working with children. Okay. And I love working with parents mm -hmm. because it is. It is not for the faint of heart. Right. So, um, so this is teaching um, teaching parents how to honestly to how to have a relationship with their child mm -hmm. because a lot of parents they really want to learn how to discipline, um, but the root word of discipline is discipleship. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, how how what does that look like within a relationship? Because discipline means nothing without a relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's a a little bit different um, kind of course. It's um, it's looking it's establishing a relationship. If it's with young children, then it's laying foundations for you know as they become teenagers, and it's just really honestly learning the basic skills of listening to mm -hmm. your child, um, being able to read what your child needs. And I do understand that is always changing, sure. you know, because as children get older, mm -hmm. it looks a little bit different. But really being able to be in touch with your child's emotions, mm -hmm. which is really really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to know if something happens, you know, wh what do you need to do? You know, so a lot of support in that. So I'll be teaching that um, this semester with my interns. So most okay. of my interns will be here as well. <laughs> um, a couple of them are doing it. They are taking a class on it at UNCC. And mm -hmm. so they'll be a assisting me with the class. Sure. So, but yeah. That's good. Um, and that's for, I mean, uh, there is a, a limit in the class that there is and i don't know okay. if it's full or not okay. but we, if it is full no worries we'll do it again oh good good mm -hmm. okay so but it's a different kind of class um it's not looking at how how do you manage your child's um behaviors mm -hmm. uh, and i do i do understand that that's important but this does help with behaviors mm -hmm. and anxiety and depression and all of that it helps with all of that um, but in a little bit different way mm -hmm. through, through the relationship you know when when i was coming up like growing up, um, there was always this, uh, you know, the dad is the, is the one who disciplines mm -hmm. and the mom is the one who nurtures. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it seems as though that, that feels a little outdated. Yeah. Meaning like, I mean, a dad can nurture his mm -hmm. son mm -hmm. or daughter, mm -hmm. his kids, um, mm -hmm. um, and, and should probably. There's mm -hmm. probably some, I don't know, maybe I have something wrong, some issues because dad was always the, you know, like, his hand is always, you know, uh -huh. mom's mm -hmm. hand is always bringing care mm -hmm. or, you know, love or whatever. And mm -hmm. so um, w will you address some of that? Will some of that be in there as yeah, well? Yeah, we'll, we'll look at that. Um, dads do need to love and nurture sure. because dads play a very important role mm -hmm. um, in the development of children. Um, and, you know, they, they do need to teach that a, a man can love and nurture mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's been a misconception for a long time oh, that a man can't do that, absolutely. and it's un it is really unfair mm -hmm. for both you know, both genders. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so yeah. Wow, yeah, because you you know you, you always hear, oh that person had daddy issues mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and so it's just so crazy how all these things that you hear in like our society and culture and social media and all that kind of stuff it just it plays into. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's said because it's kind of real or has some sort of effect on us? And well, and honestly, 
Um, no parent is perfect. Mm-hmm. We get it right really honestly about 22% of the time. 20, about 22%? About, yeah, that about, sounds... you know, it might be a little higher, might be a little lower. Yeah, but if you have that relationship mm-hmm. and you can come back and even sometimes apologize to your mm-hmm. child for your... That's hard to do. It is. It goes up to like 75%. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that in the class. Mm. So if you're taking the class, you'll hear that again. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, look, um, I'm so glad you came in today. Um, I could probably ask you a thousand more questions and we could probably talk for the next several hours about just mental health and all that kind of stuff. Oh, probably. um, But I'm thankful that you're a part of our church. Well, thank you. I'm thankful that you want to um, help people move through some of these um, things that they've dealt with and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And uh, man, I, I just hope that people would take advantage of the resources that's here at Hickory Grove. Mm-hmm. Um, your office is down at the Harris campus. It is at the Harris campus. Um, and I just hope that people would um, not feel alone mm-hmm. or isolated mm-hmm. or um, ashamed, mm-hmm. but that they would reach out and seek help. Absolutely. Because, you know, like a lot of our people come and talk to pastors, mm-hmm. and that's great. We mm-hmm. we love that time, but, mm-hmm. but there are, like, we can give biblical guidance, mm-hmm. but there's a significant difference between biblical guidance and talking about the medulla oblongata. There is a very, very big difference. And so for that, I'm very thankful for you and your team well, thank you. and um, and what you guys do at Hickory Grove. Thank you. It's so an Krista, honor to do it. Yeah. It's been great having you today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll probably get some questions or whatever, um, and I'll just forward you all the emails. <laughs> that sounds great. You all can right. do that. Yeah, good. <laughs> give, give me a couple of days to There you go. There you, go. To you stay busy. You're, yes. you're really busy. Very busy. So good. Well, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.